0: today I wanted to just continue our series a house of healing uh, this series was supposed to stop in January And uh, i just haven't got, I can't get the release from it. And uh, I believe there's a reason for that. Um, But today I really want to dive deeper into the tensions and the questions. Actually, I thought I was going to get to a lot of questions, but we're only going to tackle one question. Uh, As I got into this, I'm like, Lord, how long is this going to go? I'm going to try to wrap things up next week, but I want us to just dive a little deeper into the tensions today. Um, that really surface when you address a topic like divine healing. Uh, The heartbeat behind this entire series is that we would begin to walk out what's been prophesied over this house, that this would be a place where people could find wholeness in Christ. Let me try this side over here, where people could find wholeness in Christ. They can become healthier, right? They can find healing. So listen, if you're broken this morning, listen, you're in the right place. If you don't have it all together this morning, you're in the right place. (laughs) If your marriage is on the rocks this morning, you're in the right place. We are not a church filled with perfect people. We are a church filled with people being perfected. And so we are here, come on, to do business with God. We're here to be honest with God and with others. We're not here to play, church. We're here to encounter, come on, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the one who can change me from the inside out, the only one that I have hope in who can do such a thing. How many are thankful for the hope that he gave you? How many are thankful that you're not where you used to be? Come on. You're not where you want to be, but hallelujah. You're in a better place, hallelujah. And I want to be a church in this community and in this part of the city, and there's many great churches. Listen, we're not the only church offering the hope of Jesus Christ and healing, but I really believe it is a mandate upon this house to be a church that offers hope that Jesus Christ still heals today emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. That doesn't always mean we'll get the answer that we're seeking for. Nor will we always get to witness the healing we are believing for, or the miracle that we're crying out for. But we would at least be a place where people can encounter the presence and the power of Jesus, listen, and receive the hope that they need in that hour. And I just think if people are running out of hope, they should be able to find a Holy Spirit-filled, hope-filled, joy-filled, righteousness-focused church that exposes and leads them into an encounter with the kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. Everybody raise your hand up. That means that we have access to a kingdom, come on, that we can pull the kingdom into our now. Jesus said it's fully accessible. It's at hand. Not just ahead, but at hand. That He has what you need. Come on. And it's just within your reach. Come on. And this morning, I just wish I had 200 people. Come on. That would pull on heaven this morning and bring it into your now. And I'm not putting everyone's business out there, but there are some people in our church who need miraculous healing in their body. And that's really prompted me to do this series. And how many know we all need some type of healing? Come on, some of us need a peace of mind. Some of us need freedom from anxiety and stress. Some of us need spiritual breakthrough. And here's the good news, we're getting it. Can I share a testimony? Can I share a testimony? Yes. Just praying for a young man after service again. I love I love how we end service. We don't really end it. We just kind of open up the altars, and those who want to linger, linger. Those who need to go can go. But listen, there is breakthrough that is happening here at Real Life following the service. A young man came up to me. He said, uh, Pastor Dean, I need prayer. And so I prayed for him, and he sent this testimony to me. Uh, via messenger on Facebook. He said, I want to give you an update on my health. This is a young man in his maybe late 20s. Seeing God's grace move these past few weeks, there's been a level of freedom from backsliding and actual tangible steps forward. And as far as my health issues, I can smell for the first time in seven months. He says, I take this as a confirmation that God is healing my sinus and respiratory system slowly but surely. Thank you for praying for me and highlighting this promise that we could cling to around our healing. Listen, how we know we can give God praise for healing our sinuses? Come on, if you won't give God praise for healing your headache, come on, surely you will give God praise, come on, for healing a heart attack? We can give God praise for all things. And today I want to talk to you about a hard question around the subject of healing by picking up where Pastor 83, how many enjoyed Pastor 83 a couple of weeks ago? You enjoyed the testimonies last week, Josiah and Jordan, that was a great Sunday as well. But picking up where we left off, because I don't know if you noticed, but Pastor 83 said several times, oh, that's a whole different sermon. Oh, that's a whole nother sermon. I said, Well, I'm going to pick up those sermons where you left off. Now, I'm not going to sing like him, unfortunately, but I know that's what brought some of you back. Anyway, but before I read the rest of the story in Mark chapter nine, let me just say the disciples asked Jesus a lot of the same questions we still ask today. They might be phrased a little differently. But Jesus answered them then, and I'm going to let Jesus answer one of those questions today. Is that all right? Yes. Are you good with the answers that Jesus gives? Yes. Well, let's look at Mark 9, 21 to 29. You guys are familiar with the story, and if not, I want to encourage you, go back, uh, listen and watch Pastor 83's message on YouTube at RLC SAC TV. You can find it there. But we know the whole situation, uh, the, the father's young son was uh, possessed by an unclean spirit that the disciples could not cast out. Jesus was coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, arrives on the scene, basically says, what's going on? And the rest of the story unfolds. Jesus comes and we pick up in verse 21. So he asked his father, Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him, the young boy? And he said, from childhood. Verse 22, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Have compassion on us and help us. Everybody say, help us. us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes, Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Everybody say, help my unbelief. unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And you guys remember this part, right, that Pastor 83 did so well, and he became as one dead, so that many said what? But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And this is where Pastor 83 ended his message. Let's pick it up where he left off. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. I want us to imagine for a moment the distressed disciples in this situation. How many know this is a distressing situation for any follower? They could have felt numerous things that caused them to ask that question, why could we not cast it out? It it could have been felt, it could have been, they felt criticized in that moment. Uh, The word says, if you go back in the story, it says the crowd said that, it says the crowd said that your disciples couldn't heal him. So the disciples are like in this private moment, like Jesus, like, why did you leave us out there like that, bro? Did you hear what they were saying about us? That we had no power over the demon? Jesus, they were talking trash. So they could have felt criticized. Or they could have felt terrified. Most of them, again, said he was dead. They could have been like, Jesus, why are you going to do that without telling your boys? We thought he was dead too. They could have felt upset. Maybe a little angry. The Bible says, and when he entered the house, I believe this is the first come to Jesus meeting right here. It says, when he entered the house, may I suggest to you, they, they said, I thought you said, Jesus, you were going to you were gonna allow us to cast out demons. This one didn't come out. Or they could have been embarrassed and shamed, ashamed. The disciples came to him privately. They didn't want anybody else to know what they were about to ask. And they said, Lord, what did we do wrong? We did exactly what you told us to do, but things seemed to get worse. What did we do wrong, Jesus? Or they could have felt bewildered, perplexed, and confused. I thought you said we were going to be able to take care of business, Jesus, when you were on the Mount of Transfiguration. This demon didn't even acknowledge us. What is going on? Now, we might ask the same question with the same type of feelings of being criticized or terrified or upset or embarrassed or ashamed, maybe bewildered, perplexed and confused, but they might sound a little different, but with the same emotions. Questions like, why didn't I see them get healed? I prayed, why didn't I see the results I was praying for? God, why didn't you answer my prayers? See, the disciples give us a clue by the very question they ask. They said, why could we not cast it out? May I suggest to you this morning that we can't cast anything out apart from intimacy with God, authority from Jesus, and power from the Holy Spirit. Listen, I don't care how loud your prayer is, and you're talking about a loud pastor up here. Hello. I don't care how many conferences you go to. I don't care how many people lay hands on you. I don't care about your intensity. Listen, intimacy with God is necessary when facing your adversary. Matthew 7, 23 says, Jesus, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, this is not an excuse not to pursue, come on, the supernatural. No, no, this is to provoke you to intimacy, Listen, that you can do all the stuff and miss the main thing, Jesus. One commentary I read referred to this person in this passage who did all the ministry for Jesus, but didn't have a relationship with Jesus, a false disciple. Now, I've heard of false prophets. Come on, we all know about false prophets. But how do you know we got a lot of false disciples as well? See, Jesus is addressing the false disciple who claims to have all authority, but absolutely no authenticity. The false disciple is interested more in seeing your life change than they are seeing their life changed. This is important to understand because if we're going to be a house of healing, listen, then we need people who are committed to becoming healthy followers of Jesus Christ. Why is this? because we cannot distribute what we don't have. Listen, you cannot be a house of healing if you're not healthy yourself, or at least pursuing health, right? Again, we're not perfect people. Come on, but we're a people being perfected. In other words, we are honest and we are authentic where we are at in our journey. We're not trying to fool anybody. Come on, I'm going to let you know exactly where I'm at. I know that gets everybody nervous, right? John 15, 5. Jesus says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But then he says, for apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. You see, fruitfulness has everything to do with your connectedness. The false disciple, however, is more worried about the fruit than the vine. In other words, they're more focused on what people see than they are about, than they are about their relationship with Jesus, which many times goes unseen. Again, another verse. Again, we need intimacy. Listen, if we're going to face our adversary. Acts 19, 13 to 15. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, People who were like professional, come on, uh, deliverers. People who would actually go around and deliver people from demons. They took it. Here's the, here it is. They took it upon themselves. How many know that's an accident right there waiting to happen? They took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord. Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, We exercise you by the, G- by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Come on. Paul, I know. But who are you? Isn't it crazy to think that without intimacy, even the enemy can recognize an imposter? Listen, I don't know about you, but in 2023, I want the enemy to know that I know Jesus, listen, who he doesn't want me to know. Secondly, authority from Jesus. This is what we've got to get in our spirit collectively as a people. Listen, if we're going to walk this uh, word out that's been spoken over our church that we're going to be a house of healing. The same power and authority Jesus gave his disciple, he gives to us. Man, you guys act like you're nervous about that. Luke 9.1, then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You see, disciples of Jesus understand that what's been delegated has to be distributed in order for the kingdom to be demonstrated. Can I say that again? Disciples of Jesus understand that what's been delegated has to be distributed, distributed in order for the kingdom to be demonstrated. You see, the authority and power we've been given as sons and daughters. How many sons and daughters do I have in the house this morning? Sons and daughters of God, it must be given away. And as it was given to us, let me just say this again. The authority and power we've been given as sons and daughters of God must be given away as it was given to us if we're going to see God's kingdom flow through us. How do we do that? Can I give you just a practical example? You're on your job. You're at the grocery store. You're walking your dog in the park. You encounter somebody that maybe God has brought across your path. Maybe you get into a conversation with them. You find out they're hurting. They're in need of healing. How many has this ever happened to you before? <clears throat> this is how you bring the kingdom into your now. You guys ready for this? Can I pray for you? Listen, this opens up, come on, and gives you access and them access to a kingdom they might not know of. And then lastly, power with the Holy Spirit. The same anointing with the Holy Spirit Jesus had when he walked the earth, we have the same anointing. Acts 10, 37, 38. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was what? For God was? In the same way the Holy Spirit was with Jesus. How many know for the modern day believer, the Holy Spirit is with us? Come on, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. This is what's exciting. Early in the story, Jesus gives an initial clue why the disciples don't see deliverance. Look at Mark chapter 9, 18 to 19. Are you guys with me this morning? Yes. It says, so I spoke to your disciples. This is the father having a conversation with Jesus. He said, so I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered them and said, "O oh, faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? Come on, that's translated. How long shall I put up with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring them to me. Let me just say this because this is where I could lose some of you. So stay with me. Everybody say, stay with them. them. Believing God for divine healing is not about having more faith. It's actually identifying what is preventing faith from moving. Anybody ever tell you, brother, you just need more faith, brother, brother. (laughs) Brother, you just need more faith. You need more, 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 more faith. This is not what Jesus said in this passage. Believing God, let me just say this, for anything. It's not necessarily about having more faith. It's actually identifying what is preventing faith from moving. And he says three things in the, in the rest of this passage. I'm going to give it, give it to you. Three things that he found. He found a faithless generation. He found a faithless father. And he found faithless followers. Jesus says, oh, faithless generation. That word faithless means unbelieving. In other words, there wasn't, come on, that whole crowd that Jesus walked into, listen, it was an unbelieving crowd. He said that, in other words, Jesus said that there was no belief and there was no faith in God to be found in that moment. Doesn't that change the story a little bit? Jesus is not addressing a lack of faith. He is actually pointing out that there is no faith at all. See, we've got to address the right problem, not the wrong problem. We got to get to the root. Come on, of what we're dealing with. Some people like, well, why don't we see a response? Or why didn't I see this? Or why didn't I see? We've got to get to the root of the issue. So if someone ever says to you, you just need more faith. Come on, just tell them you need more Bible. It's usually because they don't understand what faith is because that's not what Jesus is addressing. Let me just give you my definitions of faith. Again, these are my definitions of faith. This is the way I learned it. Faith is the unshakable confidence in the character of God. I've been saying that for the last literally 30 years of my Christian life. Listen, faith, no matter what I'm facing, listen, no matter what I'm walking through, listen, my faith, listen, is founded on the unshakable confidence that I have in the character of God. The second definition I get out of Romans 4, 20 and 21, I'll just read verse 21 for you. Faith is being fully convinced that what God has promised, he is also able to perform. You see, it's important for us to understand, it was a faithless crowd, an unbelieving crowd, that the unclean spirit recognized could do nothing about what he was doing to the boy. There was no intimacy because there was no faith in God. There was no authority because there was no faith in God. Listen, there was no anointing to access because there was no faith in God until Jesus comes on the scene. Remember, Pastor 83 talked about how, listen... The demon is having his way. Jesus comes on the scene, and the demon recognized Jesus. How many know, come on, it's about time, listen, that the devil recognized the Jesus in you and I? So if you're struggling, so, so this, this actually, this, this faithlessness that this Jesus encounters is actually the absence of faith in God. So if you're struggling with the absence of faith, how many know we need to submerge ourselves in the presence of God where faith is found? How many know you're just singing a song like we were today? If you said it, you believe it. Hey! How many know that'll change your attitude? Come on, that'll give you an adi- release an attitude of faith in your life. This is why praise is so important. This is why it's not just a morning exercise that you should miss so you can catch the sermon. Because listen, when I'm in the presence of God, come on, how many know God is working on uprooting my unbelief? If you're encountering resistance from the enemy, how many know we need to spend time in the presence of God who scatters our enemy? This is is the truth right here. This is why I'm looking forward to glory night tonight. You say, well, what's on the agenda? I have no idea. We're just going to get in the presence of God and see what he does. That's what we've learned as a staff. Where's that? What's on the agenda? We don't have an agenda. He's the agenda. Amen. You see, the presence of God increases where my faith. Wait, the the presence of God increases where my faith in God increases. Secondly, he encounters the faithless father. We kind of skipped right over this a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Jesus asked him, how long has this been going on? And the father says, from childhood. I know the the scripture says that this was, he was a young boy, but it's been happening since his childhood. How do you know he's probably not a child anymore? This is just my guess. It says, often he has thrown them both into the fire, into the water, destroy them, have compassion on us, and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately, everybody say immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You see, the father in this story, this is what I want us to pay attention to. The father in this story learned how to live with the unclean spirit so much so that it just became a normal way of life. He became so familiar with an unclean spirit that it rendered the father faithless and he learned to live with the unclean spirit. How long has this been going on? Since his childhood, I've been living with this thing. I've been living, I've been living, basically, I've been living with this demon his entire life. And he became so familiar with an unclean spirit that it rendered the father faithless and he learned to live, come on, with an unclean spirit. Come on, how you know? Listen, the Holy Spirit and the move that God is doing in our nation is he's here to clean our house. He wants to clean your house of everything that is unclean. God doesn't want us to tolerate the spirit of the age. It's a spirit. It's a nasty spirit. You see, when men don't take their place, when fathers, come on, don't take their place. Listen, when spiritual fathers don't take their place in the home, the enemy will make your house his habitat. When men don't become priests of their home, the enemy finds a place in our house and, he'll begin, and we'll begin to treat it like family until it renders us faithfulness. Listen, it's, it's time to stop being nice and polite to the devil. Listen, the one who wants to destroy our kids and destroy a generation, we just need to declare unclean spirit, come out in the name of Jesus. And somehow we've allowed the spirit of the age to dominate our children. Listen, when God has called us, listen, as parents, as leaders in the body of Christ, come on, to stand up and say, no more devil, not in my house. In April, we're going to be putting, Pastor Damon and I, we're working on something, putting a challenge out to all men to commit to one year of discipleship, to follow Jesus and grow in biblical manhood. And I'm believing God for 100 men. I'm tired of, listen, every time we have a men's breakfast, we've got 40 people that come. For five years, we've had 40 guys. How I many you know I'm ready to blow up? Come on, let's go. And we're going to put a challenge out. You want change? Let's walk for a year together. As followers of Christ, if we're not walking in the intimacy, the authority, and the anointing that God's given us, the enemy can and will use it against us. I wonder if, as a church, we've gotten so familiar with the spirit of the age, we've just learned to tolerate it. I don't know about you, but even tonight, even today, actually. I just want to give the Holy Spirit permission to come and clean my house. Start with me, God. Mark nine twenty four. immediately. Everybody say immediately. immediately. The father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Notice the boy didn't get his miracle until his father cried out that he himself needed help dealing with the unbelief in his life. Listen, maybe, listen, the havoc, listen, that the devil is reaping in your home and reaping in your life. Maybe it's because you're too afraid. Listen, ask for help. Have you know there is a God, listen, who wants to help you? Listen, there is a church that wants to help you. But listen, you've got to cry out. You can't sit there in painful silence and suffer. You say, God, I need help. You see, Jesus didn't cast out the demon until the father cried out. And then lastly, Jesus encounters the faithless followers. He meets with them privately (laughs) in a home. Jesus, uh, we're gonna meet you at uh, the house over here down the street. We've got a few things to talk to you about this is the end of the story in verse 28, it says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? You know what? I know it's easy to criticize the disciples, isn't it? Yeah. Come on, man. These faithless fools, right? <laughs> Come on. And Jesus was right there. I just have to give credit to the disciples for being willing to ask the hard question. Now, I think one of the greatest ways to get healthy and to be a house of healing is actually to ask for honest feedback. How many know the only dumb questions are the ones you don't ask? <clears throat> and But here's the thing that we have, to, we have to wrestle with. Listen, we have to ask questions expecting to get honest answers. Matthew's take, this is in, uh, I think, three, at least three of the Gospels, maybe all four, but Matthew's take on it is a little different. Matthew 17, 19 to 20, it says, they ask the question, and Jesus says, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, Matthew adds this little part to it. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. The first thing that Jesus says in response to the disciples' question is this, because of your unbelief. This is what I want us to get. Uh, if If you don't hear anything else, I say, make sure you get this because if you don't get this definition, listen, you'll go out of here and just say, Pastor Dean just said I didn't have enough faith. Listen to what I'm saying. Are you guys all right? Yes. Unbelief is the complete absence of faith in Jesus. You see, go back to the moment. The disciples cannot cast this demon out. I mean, they're shit about a hundred. I mean, they are going in. The demon ain't budget. Because he doesn't recognize, come on, that Jesus is even there. There is no faith in God. There is an absence of faith in God to deliver this boy from the demon. And Jesus says, it's because, why couldn't we cast it out? He says, it's because of your unbelief. It's because of the, your absence of faith in Jesus. See, I gave you the authority. Come on, I gave you the anointing. Listen, I gave it to you, but because I wasn't there in person. Come on, you got your eyes on yourself. Come on, you got your eyes on we instead of me. And the demon looked at you and said, I don't know you. The disciples got their eyes off of Jesus and got overwhelmed by the crisis. The disciples got their eyes off the divine and focused more on the demonic. The disciples started listening to the crowd and lost faith in God's power and authority and started focusing on their own ability. I mean, they got out the manual. They were like, well, Jesus said. They started arguing with the crowd and wanted to win the argument instead of getting the victory over the enemy. And Jesus encourages them, and he encourages us today. Are you guys ready for this great encouragement right here? Jesus says this in response to their unbelief. He just says this. You just need a little faith. Jesus didn't say, you just need more faith. You need more faith. No, Jesus comes, and he says, no, you need a little faith. True faith. Is not a belief in faith as a force or power of its own, but it is a faith in God. Everybody say faith in God. In God. God, listen, this is, if you don't get anything else, God must be the object of and focus of our faith in order for it to be effective. Listen, faith in faith doesn't do anything. There's a lot of people that say, I got faith. But they believe in a lot of weird stuff. Faith in faith, listen, doesn't mean anything, but faith in God, he says, we'll move a mountain. Look at Mark 11, verse 22. Jesus, again, he says this to his disciples. He says, have faith in God. Have faith. Everybody say, have faith faith in in God. Jesus didn't just say, have faith, brother.'" No, he said, have faith. If you take that phrase and you look at the original language, it's powerful because it literally means the faith of God or faith from God. In the sense, when he says, have faith in God, he is saying, have faith. Come on. Have faith in God who gives the miracles. That's what he is saying. And then Matthew points out, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you guys have seen the mustard seed. I've passed them out here before. Everybody, it's it's about that little, literally that, you can't even see it. It's a little, everybody say "Little little faith. If you have faith as a mustard seed, and this is Pastor Dean's paraphrased version, all right? He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed and you plant it in Christ, it will uproot the unbelief you're being confronted with and you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. You see, God has given us all a seed, come on, a faith Come on, that we are to plant where? In God. And when we plant that faith in God, come on, how you know, listen, that seed will take root. Listen, and it will force out any unbelief in your life. I want to give you a passage because I know you're like, well, where does it say that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Matthew 13 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all the seeds. It's the smallest seed of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. See, God gives you a seed to plant in Christ. Listen, so that you can cultivate, come on, your faith in God, That will uproot any unbelief in your life. Listen, that is preventing from seeing the mountain move. You see, it's in the midst of the crisis. It's in the midst of the chaos, the confrontation, the constant battle. When it feels like God's presence is far from you, you just need a little faith in God. Why? Because it's easy to lose sight of God in the midst of the fight. But a little faith will take root and cultivate intimacy in the midst of the intensity. A little faith will keep me connected in the chaos. A little faith will keep me fruitful in the fight. A little faith will give me a seed, come on, to meet the need. A little faith in God can move impossible mountains you can't move on your own. You see, we can't do anything on our own, but when we have faith, come on, in God, come on, how you know he can do anything. I love how the story ends, because Jesus basically says, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, Uh, this demon right here, he said, it can't come out by anything except prayer and fasting, and they're like, thanks for telling us, Lord, we really thank you, But actually, Jesus says this, and I close with this. A little faith usually works. But with these demons, it takes a total dependency upon God to see the deliverance. You see, I believe this is where God is calling us as a house of healing. And that is this. It's going to require, come on, praying and fasting. Because it's something that we can't do in our own strength. It is going to take a total dependency upon God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just struggling with what seems like the absence of God in your situation. Maybe Jesus seems distant. Maybe you've walked away and you've tried to fight a spiritual battle in your own strength, and the Holy Spirit is inviting you this morning to encounter hope in God's presence today. And you're saying, Pastor Dean, will you pray with me? I am struggling with the absence of God in my situation, in my circumstance, in my life. With every head bowed and eye closed, you say, Pastor Dean, I am struggling with the absence of God. I don't see him. I don't see him moving. Is there anybody in here that you would say, Pastor Dean, will you include me in that prayer? I'm struggling. Yes. In the back. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Anybody else? Say, I am. Yes. In the back. Yes. Several hands in the back. You say, yes, I am struggling with the absence of God in my life. I'm so glad that Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. I just want to pray right now for these folks that just raised their hand. Listen, you don't see, you feel far from Jesus. I want us to pray this prayer with them. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my situation. I invite you to intervene. And I ask you to help me with my unbelief. Lord, take that seed of faith and plant it deep in my heart. And God, I pray that it would uproot any unbelief in my life in Jesus's mighty name. Secondly, I want to pray and I want my prayer team to come up this morning because I want to be intentional. Is that okay? I got time, so I'm going to be intentional. Maybe you've gotten so familiar, second person in the room today, maybe you've gotten so familiar with what is unclean, you need to encounter what is holy. And God is calling you to live set apart for his plans and his purpose. In other words, you're here this morning and a familiar spirit has rendered you powerless and you today wanna evict the unclean spirit from your house. And when I'm talking about your house, I'm talking about your house right here. Maybe it's your household, but I'm talking about doing business with God right here. With every head bowed and eye closed, listen, say, I need to, I need to send the enemy an eviction notice this morning. <clears throat> He's reaping havoc in my life and in my home and in my family. Is that anybody you would say, Pastor Dean, will you include me in that prayer? Anybody in here? Yes, yes, yes. Hands up everywhere in the room. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. God, I pray, Father, today, God, that we would recognize that you are calling us to a place of intimacy, God, a place to take our authority back from the enemy and to walk in the anointing, God, that you have given us, God, to evict the enemy in Jesus' name. Just say no more in Jesus' name devil, you have no authority over my home and over my life in Jesus name. And then lastly, and I believe all three of these folks are in the room today, but you just say, pastor, I just needed the reminder this morning that I need a seed of faith planted in my heart to uproot any unbelief that God can do what he said he could do. If that's you, and you just say, I just need the Lord, come on to plant a seed in my heart. Yes, hands up everywhere. Father, I just thank you right now. Will you stand up with me, everybody? Will you just stand with me? And Pastor, Pastor Brandon, I want i want us to sing that song, Your Nature. I think that's where you're at. And I want us to sing this over your life. As Pastor Brandon, sees, I want to just invite you to come. Listen, don't wait in line. If you need prayer, Go to the prayer partners that are up here or the prayer ministers. But if you just need to come and respond and you want to get in the atmosphere of faith, I want to invite you to come now. Pastor Brandon. Christian. you Just- Just declare to Him this morning it's who you are. Come on, just declare His goodness over your life. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you
1: are. It's who you are.
0: Father, I just thank you, God, for the seeds of faith that you're planting in our heart. God, to trust you more. Hallelujah. To depend on you more. And God, we just thank you, God, for the little seeds of faith that you are planting. God, that you are cultivating, Father. God, I pray that this week you would remind us. God, that we are the branches, God, and you are the vine, and we can do nothing apart from you. But God, remind us, God, to foster that connectivity to you, God, through prayer. God, through the acknowledging of your presence throughout our day. God, I pray that you would uproot all unbelief. Lord, the very thing that is preventing you God, from moving in us. God, that we wouldn't be rendered powerless by becoming too familiar. God, with the spirit of the age. But Lord, you would call us and you would set us apart. God, and we would encounter your holiness. God, we would encounter your goodness. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and we praise you today. Lord, I ask you, go with us. Lord, I pray that you would reassure us, Lord, that we are not alone, that you are not absent, but you are our very present help in the time of trouble, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. Thank you again for joining us. We pray that message ministered to your heart and lifted your spirit today. Hey, to find out more about joining the RLC online family, you can find us on the Church Center app. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.